you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all. With Tebow Tebowing and Mile High Payton's throwing, it's time for football. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the year. Hi, hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope I know all's well wherever you are. As long as you're not in the Foxborough area, at least it's time for football, everybody. I'm over the moon about it. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, NFL.com, NFL Now, YouTube. Let's get into all of it. First, by saying hello to my main man seated to my immediate left, all the way from London, England. He is our resident Miami Dolphins fan here on the show. It's Handsome Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? Very well indeed, thank you, Dave. How are you? you not be at this time of year? That's right, and especially because Labor Day has passed. Right. The worst, I say it every year, it's the annual reminder, make a little mental footnote and remember this for next year. You don't celebrate Labor Day because then you're celebrating the man. It's right there in the title, Labor that's what you want to celebrate? No way. I work on Labor Day. Handsome, you worked on I did. Labor Day. I did. I came in here. Why, why I stick it to him? Yeah. Instead, my annual tradition is showing up to work the day after Labor Day drunk. 
So welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> now, let's chop it up here. Handsome Hank, skeleton crew, this is all we need. Yes, we don't need more. as the show rolls on in season, if you've been paying attention the last month or so, we are joined regularly by Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, a cast of who knows who else, football players, our colleagues, so on and so forth. We'll do that. But really, it's time for us to figure out what matters most in pro football, Who's going to the playoffs this year? We're going to get into that. We're going to seed them one through six, AFC, NFC, and then we'll let you know by doing that who's going to the right. Super Bowl. In the short term, though, real quick before we got to, before we get to that, a couple of things. By the way, I know who Football Baby has picked now for Ooh. the Thursday night season kickoff. Steelers at Patriots. I don't want to tip my hand. Has he there. ever picked against the Steelers before? He has never picked against the Steelers. So there's a clue for everyone. Any, I don't want to say anything else about that pick. There's a new NFL on the way. Of course, this is our What If segment animated by our pals over at Bindle Dog. That's coming up later in the week for you. Like I say, though, the show is now available on YouTube. And, of course, people are chiming in on YouTube. In the comments section, we encourage, nay, demand that you join the conversation as well. Matthew Bowen Boy, the obsession with the appearance of Handsome Hank continues here. Anyone else think Handsome Hank resembles Eli Manning? No, I always say you you remind me of Christopher Reeve circa Superman 2 era. But then again, take a look there. I, I mean, I don't I know. kind of see it. Matthew Bowen is not alone. There's a gentleman called Ben Utecht who used to play tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. And he came to visit me in, in London once. I had to look after him there. <laughs> and he w- insisted for a week that I was a, the lost Manning brother. What's involved in looking after a pro football player I just in England? Have to take them to interviews and, and all that kind of thing. And then, in fact, he uh, when the, the year that the Patriots got beaten in the Super Bowl, I sat with him and we watched that and he leapt into my arms at the end, which was... <laughs> That's adorable. It was. Next YouTube comment says, Dave looks like Franco <laughs> Harris's half-brother. Which half? So be it. You know what? Franco, a Pittsburgh legend. I don't really see that, but that's a comment I've been I getting a great deal it. of. Hey, look at that. I'm wearing the same shirt there as I am today. Hmm. I'm consistent. I only have three shirts after all. So, all right, let's get into it here. And uh, some very important stuff to discuss, starting off with... Like I mentioned, Thursday night football, the New England Patriots. Well, it's Sunday night football, but it's a special edition of Sunday night football. On Thursday night, the kickoff here, and the news breaks. We think, finally, we're past all this Patriots off-field or what they did on the field in advance or behind close, whatever. We think it's all over with. We can look forward to football, 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 and then we wake up on Tuesday morning to more noise, Spygate was worse than what we heard. The only thing I'll say about it is this. I really don't want to indulge it any more than we have to. We've talked about it ad nauseum, as has the rest of the world. One, listen, the 70s Raiders, the Broad Street Bullies, the Philadelphia Flyers in the mid-70s, the, the bad boys of the, of the Detroit Pistons era there, just join the club, Patriots. That's right. it. It'll, 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 just, it'll be easier. Just understand that you are stained for all of time now. Whether you think you deserve it or not, that's going to be the perception. You may as well just embrace it because you're never going to get away from it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, there's the phrase, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Sometimes you can step over the line. And, it, you know, it's obvious that the Patriots did. But I don't think anything that's been reported today is goes beyond what we already imagined was happening. It just adds a little bit of detail and color to, to what we already kind of knew was going on. 
Here's the thing. A lot of Patriots fans have already begun with, oh, well, this provides a nice excuse for the Steelers who lost in title games and the Eagles in the Super Bowl and so on and so forth. Harder to explain away if you're a Patriots fan, though, is Patriots players and coaches conceding. Yes, yes, right. that we, we, we did get... Uh, play calls, and so on and so forth. It's tough to eat as a Dolphins fan because it's within there. It contained the information that the Dolphins were easier to steal the information from because they were such a bad organization. Well, far be it for this Steeler fan, or really for any Steeler fan, to make excuses. Right. That's not our way. Now, the last time you saw the Patriots, or in fact, a meaningful football game, Super Bowl 49, I think we remember how that one wound up at the two-yard line, Malcolm Butler and all that. Thing is, though... This is something that plagues sports history, really. It's always, you know, that, that old cliche about uh, the, what is it, the winner's right history? History is written That's by correct. the victors. In, you know, along those lines, it's always when, you, when there's a big play, an iconic play in sports history, you always hear the winning team's play-by-play -play call. I think it's nice to unearth the loser call. Here it is, everybody. Our first in an ongoing series it's called The Worst Plays in NFL History. Take a look. After a remarkable play gets him to the five, it's first and goal, and it's beast mode time. Four shots at getting it in. Here comes the first. Through the left side of the line, tackled just shy of the goal line. Second and goal from the one. As the seconds tick off the clock, no doubt the city of Seattle standing in their living rooms, in their boats on the Puget Sound, up and down Broadway, recognizing what is about to be accomplished after a championship drought that spanned decades, hell, centuries. We are on the precipice of back-to-back -back Vince Lombardi trophies. Russell Wilson sets Marshawn Lynch on his right shoulder. Now he moves him to his left. From the one, it's second and goal. Here comes the snap. Marshawn going to get the ball, and no, he's going out to the flat. It's a quick strike, and it's intercepted. Intercepted. What the f***, Pete Carroll? Who the f*** throws it with Marshawn Lynch in the backfield? Oh, f***. You got to be kidding me. Russell Wilson goes from hero to goat, and Marshawn Lynch just keeps f***ing walking. What kind of god dumb f***ing call was that? Yeah, it makes you feel wow. differently yeah. about the whole it thing, does. you know? It's very revealing. It's kind of like a yin and yang mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's very yeah. sad, guys. It's very sad. First What's up I'm there, black guy it. behind oh. the glass? That Was that was that a painful reminder of how your hero, Russell Wilson, ended things that last year? A, yes, it was very painful. It was also the moment that I officially became a Seahawks fan because that led to about two weeks of depression. I was really sad when that happened. <laughs> Did, it was that, is that, do you weird. think in, in reflection that that's the worst thing Russell Wilson's done since the, like the beginning of February? No, the worst thing he's done is publicly saying that he hopes to be married pretty soon to Sierra. Not the nano bubbles deal. No, the no? Sierra thing is pretty worse. Yeah. Okay. Hey, here's what's going to be fun. Tonight, I've talked about it before, the annual fantasy football league that I'm oh, in, yeah. the draft tonight, our auction league, includes several... Patriots fans, mm. they're all going to be out there. The sports guy, Simmons, Kevin Hench, a bunch of other fellas. We are, we're lousy with Patriots fans right. in this league. It is also a kickout league. Cousin Sal from the Kimmel Show, who you may know, he came up with this awful plan. He finally won last year. So, as is the rule, he gets to kick out someone of his choosing, survivor style. Not until everybody is there gathered around the table to begin the draft then Sal shall announce who gets the boot. What are the chances it's you this year? I think it's pretty good. 
I kick, well, I voted to kick him out last year. Right. And that didn't go over very well. Right. Then again, that's justice. It's his thing. So why wouldn't I kick him out? All right, let's get into projection, shall we there? Okay. Handsome? I'll let you know how everything turns out Please for you. Do, Follow yeah. me at Damashek on Twitter if you need to know. ASA Ampy, who gets the boot. Meantime, let's get into it, handsome. It's time to make our picks. It is. We've, you know, we've flapped our gums ad nauseum, like I say, about off-the-field jazz, and more importantly, what we think's going to happen in 2015. Let's dig into it. AFC, well, what's that, Black Tie? First off. Oh, we got to make our pick. Oh, I thought we were going to do our projections right now. Who's going to, how the teams are going to be seated. Go ahead. Give us your pick. Who do you think is going to win the Thursday night game? On Thursday night. Well, look, I mean, Elliot's not here to disagree with me, but I I think in last Thursday's show, I picked the Steelers. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid, Dave, I'm going to have to go back on that. I've I've spent some time reflecting. I'm a Patriots uh, supporter, not supporter, but I, I believe they'll win on Thursday night. Well, much as it pains me to say so, I don't know how you get around this fact. You know, you could hear Brady in his comments in the locker room a couple of days ago, how excited he is, how all the team, how excited the team is. We know their track record that when challenged or questioned, their methodology is questioned, you know they play with a gigantic chip on their shoulder and tend to lay waste to whoever is in front of them. I think that sacrificial lamb is clearly the Pittsburgh Steelers, even without this stuff. This season opening game has existed. I'm, I always forget the exact numbers. I think they've played 11 of these now or maybe 12. The home team wins them every time, save one two years ago. The Cowboys went in and beat the New York Giants to start the season. Outside of that one, though, the home team always wins this right. game. They're the defending champs, the Patriots. I see no reason to think that that uh, trend won't continue without Levy and Bell, Marquise Pouncey, Martavis Bryant, so on and so on. I think one of the first games of that new tradition, the, I hate Miami, it. the Miami Dolphins went to the Pittsburgh Steelers on, after they'd won the Super Bowl on opening day with Dante Culpepper making his Dolphins debut, and it was a horrendous wipeout by your Steelers. Black Tie, you're talking to me. I heard what you were saying, but because I'm a pro, I could also listen to Black Tie. Wow. Black Tie felt I threw him a curveball there because I told you the other day, I thought Steelers. I'm just trying to be a realist, Black Tie. I'm trying he to. He did pick the Steelers. Yes, that is. All he's right. been saying. I think he's been saying the Patriots since March when the schedule came. I. Out. What I said. What I've been saying is, I feel as though the football gods have allow, have now allowed us to avoid the shame of right. losing to Jimmy Garoppolo. Losing yes. to twelve, no shame That's there. Fine. You know. Yeah. If we're, we're, and, I mean, it will be a little embarrassing when the final score is 234 to it will not be to 11. But to anything. either way, that's one thing we do have to get ready for in 2015 is weird scores. The scores are going to be super mm. weird because of this two-point conversion thing now. There are a lot of weird preseason scores. I'd like to go on the record now. Stuff. If I was an NFL head coach, which I still you know think will happen within a couple of years, I would go for two on every single um, option. Every time I could, I would do it. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I can't wait to see that. That's something to really look forward to mm-hmm. is to see who tries to take advantage of it. You know, the forward-thinking franchises, Seattle, New England, and so on, be, be, I, everybody keeps saying Chip Kelly's going to go for it all right. the time. I think it's those, uh, those franchises that in the 21st century have sort of blazed the trail yeah. that I expect. And to, you won't uh, have seen any to... of it in the preseason. Right. This is all stuff they've hidden, they've been doing during training camp, and they're going to roll out in the, in the coming weeks. All right, a lot of talk about the Patriots, so let's start with the AFC East. Handsome Hank, it's time to begin. Who's winning it? The AFC East champions, 
will be the Miami Dolphins. Oh my, handsome That's man. right. I really believe that the Dolphins have all the pieces in place. I've never been more excited about a Dolphins season than I am right now. We are probably stretching back at least since Marino's time. I really genuinely think that they have the pieces on offense to do it. And if they can't do it now, then you know Ryan Tannehill may, may be in that Dalton bracket of guys that just can't do it. And on defense, I think that defensive line is going to be so good, it will cover up some of the shortcomings they have in the secondary and at linebacker. Well, there you see Jarvis Landry. I think he's in store for a gangbuster sophomore season. Devontae Parker has been slow coming out of the gate here. But, you know, as is often the case, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't have the crystal ball, although I do, you know, I do have the ability to jump into the future future. if I want to. But, you know, for for sporting's sake, I don't always do it. You know, Devontae Parker by mid-October, it could right. be a distant memory. Oh, remember Devontae Parker didn't even make it to make it into a game in preseason? He could be really good. Jordan Cameron, Lamar Miller, a nice offensive line. I really like the offense. All the reasons you just uh, talked about there. And Dominican Sue as the centerpiece of that new look defense. Cam Wake's going to have a right. big year. And three really good defensive teams in that division. I think the Dolphins win it too. And the other defense, the New England Patriots, I know everybody keeps talking about the loss of Revis and, to a lesser degree, Browner and some other departures there, Vince Wilfork out of the middle there. But I think that front seven is a little underrated. I think, I think they're going to be able to bring some real heat. I think they will be able to, but the back end is just, I mean, we, we, you always know that if they, can't, if they can't keep the receivers covered, then, then you know, teams are going to be able to pass on them pretty easily. It doesn't right. really matter how much pressure you can bring. And for all the chip on the shoulder Tom Brady, Belichick, and the rest of the guys may play with this year, the fact remains the offensive line is a little young. Yep. You're basing everything around Rob Gronkowski, who has proven to be brittle. Right. And now then you talk about the real difference maker for the Patriots finally getting that fourth Lombardi uh, versus all those preceding nine or ten years was Darrell Revis and uh, an improved defense. All those things amount to, and by the way, the most significant thing, overall improvement from their foes. Not just one or two teams. All three of those teams should be better. They're going to knock the Patriots down a bit. It'll be a really competitive division. I I do. I believe that. I'm also going to say, though, that the Patriots will sneak into the playoffs. I'm going to knock them. Oh, I should let you know, too, if you've been following along, as is my right. Until the season kicks off, I'm allowed to change my picks, and I'm doing so at the 11th hour, so get ready for it. This is the first of many of these changes that you'll listen to over the next few minutes here. The Patriots are in. I'm sorry, Bills. That pushes you out. AFC North next. Handsome Hank, who do you have? I have picked the Baltimore Ravens to win this division. I think the Ravens are kind of an interesting team. Um, They they don't seem to... Like, they've got Joe Flacco, and I think we know what we get from Joe Flacco. He's on the edge of the, the really good quarterbacks in the league. They don't have a lot of big playmakers on offense. Their defense is very, very sound, but I think that... They don't have an obvious weakness across the board where the Steelers' defense, I think, will come together eventually. It'll gel, but it, but, you know, it might not be until a few weeks into the season. I think the Bengals have Andy Dalton at quarterback, and we don't need to say much more than that. And the Browns are clearly um, not really in the running. So for me, I think the Ravens, again, you know, probably an 11-5 and division winner, probably the Steelers maybe one or two games behind them. But uh, I just I think they, they'll come out as the best team in the division. You know, I hear your noise on that. I can absolutely see a case for this. Of all eight divisions, the toughest division for me to call is the AFC North. Maybe because I I have trouble being as objective as possible, but I think I am pretty objective. I've correctly told you what the Steelers' record's going to be three straight years. So here it is. I say the Pittsburgh Steelers get it done. The real question, Handsome, in my book is, 
Andy Dalton is the clear LVP. He keeps the Bengals from mm -hmm. really being the team that everybody embraces in that division. Is Ben Roethlisberger the MVP or is Ozzie Newsom the MVP of this division? That really is what it comes down to. Newsom keeps that, keeps that Ravens team loaded on both sides right. of the ball. Roethlisberger's the best QB in the division, and it really seems like it comes down to that. I buy a whisker. I'm going to give it to seven and company. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think, you know, Ozzie Newsom, I came into that saying that, you know, look at the pieces on offense. Do they have those big-time playmakers for the Ravens? That said, I don't know that you would say that they had those last season either. It's it's not like they've 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 uh, they've always had those guys, but they've managed to make do without them as well. You know, Forsett turned into a real asset for that team, um, but I don't think anyone before last season was expecting him to be the player that he was. I think this uh, this is going to be a real battle there, and I agree with you about what you're saying about the wide receivers. You know, who else didn't have high end uh, wide receivers? The 2014 Patriots and the 2014 Seattle Seahawks, right. and they both got to the Super Bowl. So that's an overrated must-have for teams that want to win the Super Bowl. Like I say, I, I, I could, Bengals are going to be awesome, too. I think they're going to be a great team, too. I think they'll too. be a good team. I think the Steelers sneak in. They win the division. 10-6. and six. AFC South, handsome Hank. Here comes a change to a change. But first, I start with you. What's okay, your well, pick there? I'm picking the Indianapolis Colts because they're clearly the best team in the division. I don't think there's any, any doubt about that. I still would have question marks. It's funny how you go, you know, you, we, we spend so much time waiting for the season to begin and getting excited about, about the NFL season. And then immediately that the season's on the doorstep, we're all talking, we start talking about the playoffs and have fast forwarded through four months and have got to January. But I do think that the Colts, as, as easily as they'll run away with the AFC South, I think that they're still going to have a hard time when it comes to the playoffs just because of that defense. I don't think that Ryan Grigson has done quite enough to, to sort of upgrade the defense when it comes to playing the elite teams in, in January and February. I, this could very well be, this is probably the best pick if you have to say what statistically is going to be the best offense in the NFL. Probably the Colts, but that defense, like you say, is rubbish to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick them. I said the Houston Texans right. all through the offseason until very recently when Arian Foster got hurt. So then I backed off that and team. And when Brian Hoyer was named And when Hoyer got the Brian starting Mallett. gig over Ryan Mallett. But I think Hoyer, I'm not sure how that's all going to play right. out, to be honest with you. But Arian Foster's return is enough for me to say the Houston Texans will indeed get past the Indianapolis Colts. This is a little bit of voodoo that I'm applying here, to be honest with you. This isn't football so much as it is my gut telling me. When everybody makes a team a prohibitive favorite to win a division, nay, get to the yep. Super Bowl the way Indianapolis has been deemed the team from the AFC this year, that raises a red flag for me. I like J.J. Watt joined now by Jadavian Clowney, Cushing, Merciless, and so on. That defense should be mighty. And as long as Foster's out there, like we talk about the Jenga piece, when you take him out, the whole thing tends to implode in Houston. If he's going to be back in a month or less, that's going to be enough. They'll get it done. Fear not, though, Colts fans. You will be able to watch Luck and Company do it in January. They get in as a wild card. That's your second wild card, which means, of course, AFC North only gets one representative, the 10-6 and six, six Pittsburgh Steelers. 10-6, and six, says Damashek, who told you 8-8 eight and 8-8 eight and eight and eight and whatever their record was last year. What was it? 11-5. and five. I told you all those things, so you should hear my noise. Hear me now. Believe me later. Let's round out the AFC. AFC West, handsome Hank. Who you got? 
I've got the Denver Broncos, and it's interesting because this time, Boy, you know, probably surprised. the last couple of years when we've talked about Denver, we've really been talking about their offense. I love their defense. I yes. really think, you know, as much as we've talked a lot during this this offseason about the Dolphins' improvements, about the Bills' defensive line with Rex there, about the Jets, what they can do, I really think that Peyton's going to be a different Peyton Manning, and they're going to be running the ball, and they're going to be, you know, the offense is going to be modified just because Gary Kubiak's coming there. But that defense, not just the pieces, which are great, but Wade Phillips as well. Like, when was the last time mm-hmm. Wade Phillips was a defensive coordinator and that defense didn't get better? And that's scary when you look at the Broncos, whose defense was already pretty good last year. I agree with almost everything you just said, but except for and our pal Bucky Brooks. Will uh, is the one who really got this in my head, and I can't uh, I can't uh, dump this thought. Is that they really are they going to be rugged enough stopping the run? I think no. I I because I I love the defensive pieces. Mm-hmm. They should be murderous if they get a double digit lead and they can unleash that pass rush. Right. That's going to be that's going to be scary stuff. But are they going to be able to stop a team that tries to grind them on the ground? No is my answer to that. And I have gone on record with my. Hot my uh, my doubts of Peyton Manning, number eighteen, future Hall of Famer, but I do not think at this age he can get it done in that offense with what is going to be a weakened offensive line. So my pick is the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody, yes, our pals over at around the NFL say that they don't have enough depth there, but I guess my glass is half full here because I think that what they have in their starting twenty-two will be enough to get through and uh, take care of business in the AFC West. And like you say, the Broncos are going to have a great defense. The Chiefs had a great defense last year. It'll be even better this year. You see there Jamal Charles, as good as it gets at his position just about. I think Jeremy Macklin, Travis Kelsey, you know all the reasons why I'm picking the Chiefs. I think they get it done. They're going to be good on both sides of the ball, especially though on defense. They're going to be a really good team. And don't forget... If you are cynical about my pick here, Andy Reid goes to the playoffs almost every year. He didn't do it last year, but he did almost sneak in even with that team without a wide receiver and even catching a a touchdown pass in 2014. All right, our wild card picks. I just gave you mine. I say the Colts get one. And I say the Patriots get the other. How say you? I take the Patriots to go in. And I'm going to say the Steelers. Your Steelers are going to, like you said, they're probably going to finish just behind the the Ravens and the AFC North and do enough to get a wild card berth. All right. And then who knows? You know, you always say, get to January, you could, you could be playing in February too. If January has taught us anything, that is consistently true. Yeah. Just get in, and who knows what might happen. NFC East, let's, uh, let's go there first as we go on the other side of the ledger here. Who you got there? I like the Eagles to win this division. I, Chip Kelly, I, I haven't been um, t- you know, totally bought in on Chip Kelly the last two years, but... I just think he's now finally got the roster that he wanted from the get-go. I mm-hmm. think Sam Bradford's better than any quarterback that he's had there. I think, you know, everyone expects Chip Kelly's offense to be about, you know, darting the ball around everywhere. But what he really needed is power runners. And with Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray, he's now got those pieces. The defense was good last year, and no one really talked about how good the defense actually was. They t- seem to consistently get turnovers at key times. And uh, I think they'll they'll beat out the Cowboys for the division. It's funny because that is why I, too, am going to pick the Philadelphia Eagles. It's that defense. The obsession with what Chip Kelly does on offense has distracted us from what is what should surely be, even if with Greg Hardy and Randy Gregory, even with those guys, even if they do raise things in, De- in, uh, in Dallas in terms of defense, that, this is the best defense in the, in the division in Should Philadelphia be. there. 
Yep. The only thing that's curious is Chip Kelly, talk about having a glass half full. Everybody who he brought in is an injury risk, you know, from Kiko Alonso to Bradford to DeMarco to Ryan Matthews. Those guys are all guys who have injury concerns. But if they can or, you know, if even the majority of those guys can make it through the season there with Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar, they're going to they have some pass catchers there. I, I'm with you. I think right. by a whisker, they sneak past um, the Dallas Cowboys. There. And with regards to that, I think one of the things that Chip Kelly brought in from Oregon was was sort of a way to keep players healthy, you know, a, a regime that's supposed to, to help do that. So I think probably he believes that, yeah, OK, these guys have been injury risks in the past, but have they been looked after the same way that he would do? Well, we shall see, but I'm with you. I think in year three, Chip Kelly's plan is now in full effect, and if it doesn't work in 2015, then we can start uh, raising an eyebrow about whether or not Chip Kelly truly is a revolutionary. Speaking of the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys are probably the most iconic team. With all due respect, that's probably the most iconic division when you think of those four teams. But the Dallas Cowboys have played in many big-time games in January, in fact, back in 1981, mm. they played a game in San Francisco in the in the stick where the, the Super Bowl bid was on the line. Now, you've seen the catch by Dwight Clark, thrown by Joe Montana a million times. But again, always you hear the 49ers call on it. How about we take a listen to the Dallas Cowboys play-by-play of the catch? Montana under center. From the seven yard line, he's rolling right. He's looking for Solomon, but he's covered. Here comes Too Tall. Nowhere to go. He's going to throw it out of the back of the. You f-ing kidding me, Dwight Clark? How the hell did he jump so high? F-ing mother. F-ing. There is no way he completed that pass. He was just throwing it away. Joe Cool, my. F-ing. Look what happened here. Oh, Montana's rolling to the right. You can see the perfect coverage on Solomon. Here comes Ed. Here comes Larry and Dee Dee. And oh, what do you know? I'm going to get pump faked out of my f***ing jock and watch a goddamn touchdown pass ruin f***ing everything. And what the f*** are you doing? Boy, that play-by-play guy was really upset. He's, he's mad. He gets angry. But, you know, if you think that that's fake, then why did the guy have a, a Texas accent like Right, that? and why was he so upset? Right, right. So don't be such a cynic out mm. there if you're questioning the authenticity of that. All right, let's get to the what division you want to do here there, Black Tie? NF- NFC North, sir. The North, the North. The North that okay. makes sense here. You heard my pick last week if you listened in. Handsome, go ahead. I am, unsurprisingly, I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers. I think regardless of Jordy Nelson's health, it seems like a lot of people have got off the Packers just because Jordy Nelson's injured. I think if we look back through through the last few years, Aaron Rodgers made a star out of Jordy Nelson. He'll make a star out of someone else. I'm not worried about, about the Green Bay Packers. On offense, I think defensively they still have some questions that you know they'll need to answer um, pretty much straight away. This, If it doesn't work out, they, there's no way that Dom Capers should be their defensive coordinator next year. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, that has been an up-and-down defense over the years. When he has the right pieces, Capers can create a pretty scary bunch there like he did when they won that Super Bowl. I'm going to go with, as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, you know I think he's the best player in the 21st century. He still will go down as the greatest player in NFL history. That's but why in 2015, you pick against him, Dan. No, in 2015, the division champions will be the Detroit Lions. That's it. The word I keep using for them is ripe. You know, I mentioned Simmons before. Bill Simmons has his Ewing theory. I think the Lions this year are going to be a little bit better. 
Because of the absence of Indomic and Sue, I think that defense still has a ton of great pieces there. I think Matt Stafford, at this point in his career, Calvin Johnson, recognizing his pigskin mortality. You have Amir Abdullah and Golden Tate and Eric Ebron looking to right the ship in year two of his career. A good offensive line. Joy Bell and so on. This is your champion, the Detroit Lions. How do you feel about that, Handsome? Well, in the last podcast, I told you I really like the Lions as well. I'm, spoiler alert, I'm about to tell you that they will make the playoffs as a wildcard team. I just don't think that they're yet ready. And I really do think that playing in, in a dome in the NFC North is, is, will hold them back. Because when it comes to having to play outdoors in November and December in their, you know, their, their rivals' cold weather uh, arenas they're going to have a hard time winning those games. I, you know, if just nothing else, just out of uh, a sense of uh, morality, if you're in the NFC North, you have to play take outside. The, Shame take on. the lid off. Where's your dignity? Take the lid off. Where's your dignity, Vikings and Lions? That, that said, though, and by the way, happy for James Jones, who's been a visitor here in Studio 66 on more than one occasion. One of the real Ooh. nice guys, and also a guy who very clearly, even though he was toiling in Oakland, kept in touch with, still rooted for those Packers. So it's kind of nice that he winds up back in Green Bay and probably will be made a star once again by Aaron Rodgers, who does that for anyone who catches passes from him. They're still going to the playoffs. We'll get to the wild cards in a minute. Meantime, NFC South, who you got, Handsome? Well, you said that you found the AFC North the hardest division to pick. This was my hardest one. I thought about the Saints, and then I I worry about, about various different things there, including their defense. I even thought about the Buccaneers. I really mm-hmm. genuinely was like, mm, maybe they could do it, but I think they're a few pieces short. I thought about the Panthers, but I really just, you know, there's a void on offense of, of playmakers. So I'm left with the Falcons, and I don't really know if I love the pick. I do like all the pieces they have on offense, and I'm going to guess that their defense will be better this year, but, you know, we'll, that, that remains to be seen. But by default, the Falcons my pick. Yeah, I'm not real excited uh, to be announcing my pick here either, but I too will go with the Atlanta Falcons. I think Dan Quinn coming down there, I, in a weird way, maybe we have fallen prey. We're sleeping on the Falcons a little bit because Gus Bradley, right. late of the Seattle Seahawks, moved down to Jacksonville and didn't suddenly turn that team around overnight. I think Dan Quinn might do that with this Falcons team merely because the pieces that he's getting in Atlanta are far better than what Gus Bradley got when he got Absolutely. to Absolutely, and also because, as we were just discussing, the weakness, the relative weakness of the rest of the division. You know, for, for um, Gus Bradley to make that difference in the AFC South, he's got to overcome a Colts team, which is incredibly good, so he's not going to get noticed. I think we've seen it for years. Any team can come out of the NFC South and be just a little bit better than their, than their, um, their rivals. Yeah, and I still like Carolina quite a bit. That would have been the other team I would have gone with. But in the last month or so, I've kind of fallen off the Saints bandwagon there. I thought the defense was going to be better, but some pieces there lost now. So all this amounts to the Atlanta Falcons sneaking through. They will be the fourth team, though. They'll be the fourth seed in the NFC. no doubt Because they'll probably wind up about 10 and 6 or so. All right, let's round it out here, Handsome. The NFC West. I don't know how you don't pick the Seattle Seahawks, but go ahead. I do. You do? Okay. Yeah, I do pick so the perfect. Seattle Seahawks. In fact, I think that the Seahawks will 
have probably a slower start. In fact, a little bit like last year where they started the season slowly. But I, I'm not, I don't think that the Cardinals are going to be better than them. And I think the Cardinals actually probably may be worse than they were last season. I don't think that the Rams have the pieces on offense to do it, although their defense is mighty. And I think the 49ers, as much as I personally would like to see them do well, I think they're going to struggle this season. So again, I, I think the Seahawks are probably the class, not only of, of that division, but probably the NFC as well. I still think that it's going to take a little while for that offense to sort of come to terms with perhaps the new way that, it, that it's going to work. Yeah, it's a, well, yeah, I'm interested in that. And there are a lot of people who will tell you that Max Unger is right. a massive, massive loss. And just because he's a center versus a, a, t- a touchdown-making tight end, mm-hmm. people feel as though Seattle won that. But insiders, like I say, really think Max Unger is great. Then again, our pal Michael Robinson, who played for the Seahawks and is plugged in as anybody with that organization as there is, says that the real key is Tom Cable. He knows how to turn a mediocre group on the offensive line into a high-performing one. Last year, probably for Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, they'll, they'll win the division. Now, let's get to, we're going to get uh, to, we want to do the rankings let's here, do, Black Tie? rankings. You and Ike Taylor sat down and had like a nice uh, feature you had going on, a nice countdown. That's true. Nice you can look all of them up on YouTube. We did one for all the 32 teams in the NFL. Let's take a look at the one that we did predicting what will happen for the Seattle Seahawks in 2015. Hear ye, hear ye, Lord Damashek, one last time alongside His Highness Ike Taylor as we conclude the rankings for 2015. The NFL season is about to kick off, Ike, and we have now reached number one. It's the team that almost is going for a three-peat. Pete spelled P-E-T-E like their head coach. The Seattle Seahawks, their number one coming off that Super Bowl. Two straight, in fact, like we say. It's the team of the decade. How say you? Pete Carroll is the heart and soul of this team, man. So it's very impressive when you have a team like Seattle going back to back. How bad is that to try and overcome the way the season ended for them? They were that close to winning two straight. Is there some sort of a hangover that uh, you, that you, causes? You never get over a Super Bowl mm-hmm. loss. Like, like till this day, till I'm in the dirt, it's going to be hard for me to get over that Green Bay Super Bowl loss. Me too, Ike. Me too. So let's get to what's the poop. How tough is it for a team that's had the kind of success they've had on offense and overall to now make this pivot into being a less of a rugged smash mouth offense and throw the ball a little bit more with the addition of Jimmy Graham. No, this this team is still going to be a rugged, you know, the beast mode offense. So let's not get it twisted. Yeah, we picked up a new addition for for Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham is going to be our red zone threat, you know. And also the beast is going to be our red zone threat, and we can't forget about Russell Wilson. He's a red zone threat mm-hmm. if we're going to put the option in there. So I got three options, and I really haven't went beyond the perimeter. So, yeah, just because we're picking them up, that's not going to change our whole game plan. We're just going to really need them, and we will use them in the red zone, talking about Jimmy Graham. All right, look inside the chalice. It served you well over all 32 of these teams. Let's see how it rounds things out here. I think Pete Carroll has the recipe. He figured it out. This wasn't his first time in the NFL. He had trial and error the first time. He went down to USC, went back up to the NFL. So, he got a good game plan now. He had to go through it at first, but now he gets it, and he's reaping his benefits of going to two back-to-back Super Bowls. 
Well, uh, well said there, Ike. Pete Carroll really obviously has something cooking there. Up in Seattle, and in honor of the Seahawks' top ranking, we wanted to share our favorite Seahawks Super Bowl memory. Let's take a look. Hasselbeck back, throws it down the field, intercepted. It yeah! Hey. 24 hey. does it! Seahawks That's pretty cool. You know, I dropped... I dropped that pass in the first quarter, and I said, see, he just said it. And I said, man, if he, if they give me that formation, I got to catch the next one. I love it, Ike. And you know what? I was in the stands for that one, and I was there in the title game when you intercepted Jake Plummer at the end of the first half and really locked that game up we, for the Steelers. We a fool for that game. I think we've said all that needs to be said before the 2015 season kicks off. 32, all the way down to one, we're done, Ike. Yeah, man, it's a reason why I got these heads and these people behind me, man. It's just, it's, it's a tough life being the king. If you're curious why we have the Seahawks and you want to comment on it, do so in the comment section. Go back, watch the other 31 videos. Ike, it's been a thin slice of heaven. Yeah, like we say there, you really, it's fun to listen to, but you're missing out if you don't go on YouTube just to see Ike's expressions there. By the way, two things I learned by watching that. One, I really do need to get more shirts. I mean, I wear the, you don't have that's that two, I got to lose some weight. I really, I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd. That. It's, I, I need to lose like 40, 45 pounds. I you, think, yeah, I would, like I would say to people, apart from to see Dave's weight issues and his shirts, you should go back and watch those. It's like Game of Thrones, but with less blood and midgets. <laughs> All right, let's get to our wild cards here, handsome. By the way, what's the poop? Well, also, the other thing I was reminded of with the what's the poop question there, I was out with uh, with the kids uh, yesterday, right. and somebody came up to me and said, hey, what's the poop, man? Love the show, so on and so forth. And I said, oh, thanks a lot. He said, you know, I especially love black tie. What? You, was it black tie? It wasn't black tie. It wasn't black tie. No, and I don't think he was related to him either. Right. I was surprised. I know a lot of people, though. Might have been a friend. <laughs> know a lot of people. It was very strange. I was that as surprised strange. as anybody. Uh, yeah. Anyway, handsome. Speaking of wild cards, tell us who you got in the NFC. Uh, well, okay. So I, I think that the Eagles will win the East. I think the Cowboys will still make it into the playoffs as a wild card team. You pick the the Lions to win the North. I pick the Packers. I think that the Lions make it as a wild card team as well. That's, you know what? People always, every year I have to explain this. Go back and look it up if you don't believe me. A lot of team, a lot of divisions put three teams in the playoffs. Happens. This happens more. I know it seems like a, a statistical anomaly, but it does happen a lot of times. It will happen in 2015 again. Both the Packers and the Vikings get in as wild cards. Wait a second. Do I still go with the Vikings? No, Black Tie. Who do you want me to go with here? Uh, let's see. You're going with the Packers and Cowboys. The Cowboys. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I knew. I, see, I'm, I'm confusing myself. I knew I had made a but change. But you are there. still right about three teams going. Yes, just not this a year. A lot of times, three teams from the same division do but go. Not in, not in 2015. That's all. <laughs> Maybe it'll happen next year. In the Question meantime, check. Do you know your own predictions? Because we're about to do Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. I just want to make sure you know them. I know them. I get confused sometimes. Listen. I, up until the last minute, I am, uh, you know, it's my right as an American football fan to change things. And so I'm changing right. them. Also, Black Tie, you have to understand that Dave likes to cover himself from April through to no, September no, no. by picking as many different teams as no, possible. No, so no, no. He can refer people. Well, listen to what I said in July. I am a man of honor, sir, and like shame Michael on you. He's like Michael Fabiano in fantasy leagues. He plays no. 10 leagues and he's going to win. So like these, are, these are your official If I, hey, listen, shame the devil, save this recording. If you hear me say, I told you the Vikings were going to the playoffs, 
You can not yes. just figure it, you can literally punch me. <laughs> September the 8th. In the neck. You can punch me in All the right, neck. Or throw shoes at me. How about that? You can line me up and you can throw shoes at me. MJD to throw, as, like in two minutes, he can throw as many shoes as he can throw at Deal. You. I said it's the Dallas Cowboys going okay. to the playoffs, not the Minnesota Vikings. Why? No real football reasons here. It's just that everybody's picking the Vikings. That's a red flag yeah, for me. Yeah, to me as well. All right, rookie of the year. I'm going to start with you, Hans. Oh, thank you. You've started with me every time. I well, feel honored. I'm a nice guy. I'm I a nice have host. watched um, a lot of the Oakland Raiders games in the preseason. And to me, uh, Derek Carr's first thought on every play when he drops back is, where is Amari Cooper and can I throw the ball to him? And I don't think that's going to change when the season begins. So I picked Amari Cooper as my uh, rookie of the year. I think he's going to have a huge statistical season. I don't think it's going to make any difference to the Raiders' hopes of, of you know having a winning season. I think they'll probably be somewhere around 6-10. and 10. But which is good for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, you know, like he is definitely the one and only target for for Mr. Carr. I think exactly what you just said. I think four. I, I think eight yards at a time. You're gonna watch him running that uh, that little dig, and then right. the fifth time he's gonna break it off and exactly. go deep with that. Either way, he's gonna get a lot. But that's that seems too obvious. I'm going with Todd Gurley. I keep saying it. One of the themes for this offseason has been that I think Todd Gurley is one of the great college been. runners I've ever seen. As long as the knee is right, he's going to be a star. In the NFL, Todd Gurley, that's my guy. We're looking at pictures of him limping around training camp at the moment. <laughs> but apart from that, yes. What did I tell you? I have a sunnier disposition than you. All right. Coach of the year, who you got here, Hans? Well, you know what? I um, So I, I when when you're talking about changing picks, when Black Tie asked me to send me his picks yesterday, I had Joe Philbin in here just for, on the basis of if the Dolphins make the playoffs, Joe Philbin must have done something good. But I'm actually taking that back, and I think Chip Kelly, I mentioned earlier on why I like Chip Kelly this year, I think Chip Kelly will be the, uh, the coach of the year. I just think Philbin will fly under the radar regardless of what happens. If the If Joe Philbin and mm-hmm. the Dolphins can vanquish the mighty Patriots in that division... It'll have to be Philbin as the coach of the year, especially with all the... This entire offseason has been filled with, this is Philbin's last year if they don't get it done this year. If he does get it done, then to the victor go the spoil. I started from that premise, but I think that what uh, Chip Kelly will do will be enough for people to just be noticing the Eagles from day one of the season. And part of it is really about the storylines that that take off. Yeah, good luck saying no to the charisma that is... uh, The walking charisma that Mm -hmm. uh, that is Joe Philbin. All right, next up... Offensive Player of the Year, Handsome. Who you got there? Okay, so uh, I had a hard time with this one because I picked my MVP first. We're going to come to that in a second, but I'll give you a, a clue. It's a quarterback. Um, and I didn't then it didn't really make sense to pick another quarterback. I might have picked Andrew Luck for this, but I think Adrian Peterson will do enough this season, obviously coming back um, after a year away, that he will be the, the offensive MVP. And I'm, I'm always slightly unsure about what the point of having an offensive MVP if Essentially, the league MVP can only ever be an offensive player. I'm very, we'll conf- I'm very confused by that myself. Either way, I hate to get up on Mount Pius, but I do have a hard time supporting Adrian Peterson. I'll take another running back, Jamal Charles. Another guy. I mean, you know, the same year. I know this is an old story, but I do feel it's worth pointing out. The same year Adrian Peterson came back from his knee injury and went for 2,000 yards, Jamal Charles had a huge statistical year, too, and almost no one right. noticed it because it fell behind Adrian Peterson because that was more historic. But Jamal Charles, dynamite, as long as he's right, the Chiefs are relevant. I say Charles gets the MVP this year. I mean, the, the offensive, offensive MVP player of the Kevin. year. Yeah, yes. very confusing. I, I, um, I agree. I've always been a big fan of Jamal Charles. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Defensive player of the year. Go. J.J. Watt. 
Why? Because he's the best defensive player in the NFL. Maybe the best defensive player that you or I have ever seen play. Well, see, that's why I can... Uh, the, he's I, I, Yeah, last year he was terrific, obviously, but the reason he was elevated to the MVP conversation was because he caught all those touchdown passes, you know? He's yeah, a, I, I mean, that's a gimmick. I just, look, I, I think it's I think it's. If fun he did it twice, it would be it. a gimmick. No, but, but, okay, it's fun and everyone loves it, but... Does J.J. Watt catching two or three touchdowns in a season suddenly make – does that lift him over? I don't – I think if you're the best defensive player in the league and you're probably the best player in the NFL currently, isn't that enough to be the most valuable player in the league without having to catch a touchdown as well? Obviously, he's terrific. I'm picking the Texans to get past Andrew Luck's team, so I like J.J. Watt and that defense in general. But my pick is a pick of justice. I'm going Justin Houston for exactly the reasons we're talking about here. J.J. Watt got all the attention last year because he caught... Well, I mean, listen, he was great defensively, too, and he had those 20 sacks. But for the record, here's a little tidbit that I bet you at least half the people watching us right now don't know. J.J. Watt didn't win the sack crown in 2014. Justin Houston did. Wait, what? Justin Houston had more sacks than J.J. Watt last year. That's right, Black Tie. That's crazy. Did you not know that? That is absolutely nuts. Did it have more like uh, nighttime workouts in front of cameras like J.J. Watt does? Well, listen, people don't know Justin Houston. J.J. Watt gets all the noise. He's the flaxen-haired hero and all that kind of stuff. And it is cool that he is not just... I don't think he's Mike Vrabel. I think he legitimately can line up a tight end inside the 10 and, and be a little bit of a threat there. But we're talking about defensive player Justin Houston. And like I say, this is a, a vote for justice. A year delayed, Justin Houston. So both of you, your, your offensive and defensive um, player of the year are both underrated Chiefs is what you're saying. That's right. I, too, team. play with a you're chip right. on my shoulder. Where's my parade already? You know? Who's your MVP, Alex Smith? Settle down behind the glass, Black Tie. Good one, Black Tie. We're trying to have a serious conversation. Handsome Hank. Yes. MVP. My MVP, uh, for the reason I just I said earlier about the Packers uh, winning their division and Aaron Rodgers' ability to be able to make anyone into a star, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. And it, 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 uh, the only other option I had was J.J. Watt, but I just still don't think that whoever these people are who are voting can get over the fact that a defensive player can win this, uh, this award. Well, I like to stay consistent whenever I can, mm-hmm. and I see no evidence that there's a football player on the planet better than that guy, number 12, Aaron Rodgers. He's the best player in the league, ergo, he should be the MVP. Let me know when that changes, and maybe I'll modify the way I think about things. But as I see it, that's the best guy. It's a little murky because I don't even have them winning the division. But again, I'm nothing if not a man of justice, right? True. I've always said that. All right, so that's that, Black Tie. Is that the show? We got one more. Super Bowl 50. Who wins it all? Oh. Who wins it all? Okay, so we picked our division winners. All right, so here's who I think will play in a Super Bowl against each other. The Baltimore Ravens will represent the AFC. I don't like that. I don't know. I didn't think you would. And the Seattle Seahawks will represent the NFC. I like that. And in that game, Black Tie, you're going to like this as well. I think that the Seattle Seahawks will win the Super Bowl. I really like that. Two birds. Two birds, birds of yeah, prey. But but Super Bowl 50, I think there's a 50 and bird thing. I we have a couple months to work that out. You but know yeah, what? That's, that's my, that's my uh, Super Bowl win. How boring is this? Two guys sitting here and we're both making the same pick. I just, again, I don't know who else to even look at. I mean, who the Packers, maybe. I think that the Seahawks get there. They win it. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Alex Smith. Right, bro? That's right. Uh, What's wrong with that pick? 
I mean, nothing. Shaq, you were the same guy who picked Jay Cutler for MVP last year. You're so what? Up That's your one. This year. That's your one. Every time I <laughs> every time I predict anything, you always bring up Jay Cutler. All right, listen. You know what? Ali lost the fight or two as well. All I'm saying is you're making the same mistake again. I'm just looking out for you, Shaq. That's Black Tie, you're not going to have to worry about making the Jay Cutler joke again in a few months' time when the Chiefs are 7-9. and nine. Everybody's so, – so, all right, so, so Handsome at least sticks his neck out a little bit and goes Baltimore Ravens. That, there's a nobility in that. Thank you. Everybody under the sun is picking the Seahawks and the Colts. That's Wait, everybody's that's pick. The Colts aren't going to the Super Bowl. They don't have a defense. They don't have a defense. What are you going to do in January? They have a bunch of great receivers. What did I mention earlier? You don't need to have great receivers to get to the Super Bowl or to win a Super Bowl. That's correct. Seahawks over Chiefs. That's Damashek's pick. We'll see how that works out. Handsome, we made it. We made it through the long, arduous offseason. All that's left now, pigskin. As John Facenda once said, it's time for football. Was that a good John Facenda I just did there? That uh, was pretty good. It was better than your impression of me, that's for sure. Take us out with your uh, 70s or 80s broadcaster's voice. That'd be a good way to end the show. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, look, look, teach, look there. You got the you got the uh, Green Bay Packers. You got the Indianapolis Colts. You got the New England Patriots. Look, there are a lot of good football teams, but the Seattle Seahawks have something pretty special going on. This just in: Pete Carroll knows how to coach ball. Back on the Blitz. That was very good. I really was a, that was an impression of something else there. Yeah. All right, listen. Back on Thursday, where our guests will be Willie McGinnis, Nate Burleson, Ula, and La. Mm. We'll talk about the Patriots, Steelers, and the whole week one action. Elliot Harrison will be here for the first edition of the season, the Red Challenge flag segment. Handsome V. Elliot picking all the games that matter. Big yes, question is, will Black Tie have provided us with an actual red flag? Tease. You got to tease that. You got you to you tune in just to find out. Yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be pretty exciting stuff to see that. And, of course, a week from Monday, you'll have the first Sheck report of the season. NFL coming out this week. The, uh, what else? The the rankings to watch. Football, baby. All sorts of stuff. NFL.com. Everybody's uh, buzzing about the start of football season around the NFL podcast. Move the Sticks podcast. Fantasy Live podcast. It's all happening, everybody. Football's back. We'll be back with more. Watch it on YouTube. Tell them to watch it on YouTube, too. Yeah, I was just wrapping the show, Black Doc. And watch it all on YouTube. Now, we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.